Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature security expert Dr. Timothy Summers. We'll also have a tech year ender with Peter Cohen. All this and much more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're joined by Dr. Timothy Summers, who is a nationally known security expert who's been on the Tech Night Out Live before. And there are so many subjects to talk about. I hardly know where to begin, but I think it would be fitting to talk first about this dispute between the U.S. federal government and private tech companies like Apple and Google. And the issue is very simply this. These companies encrypt the data on their smartphones. And therein lies the problem, or at least it provides safety for customers. So, Tim, you know where we're going here. The government will claim to have a legitimate interest in getting information about possible terrorist activity, about possible criminal. And certainly these companies will answer summons from law enforcement authorities. But they can't do anything because the data is encrypted, right? For a second, let's think about this. Okay, so so law enforcement, of course, used to be incredibly much harder previously. Where you know, if you wanted to track someone, you had to physically assign an agent or someone to you know to follow the person of interest. Back then, tracking people, tracking everyone was quite inconceivable, and and being able to get you can't get a warrant for everyone. So there had to be substantial evidence suggesting that this is a person that you need to need to track. Of course, today things are incredibly different because almost everyone carries a tracking device on them and usually in the form of their mobile phone. And your mobile phone uh, has so many different pieces of equipment built into it as well as software that reports your location to tons of different companies and entities all over the world. And, and so those companies are required by law uh, to provide that information to government. So just for a second, follow that train of thought. Tracking everyone is no longer inconceivable. It's no longer an impossibility because we have all of these devices with us and we carry these things with us all the time. And, you know, in fact, we know that some of the telecom company, telecom companies, for example, like, you know, T-Mobile, Sprint, AT&T, these guys, they respond to millions and millions of law enforcement requests for real-time customer data every year. Uh, so much, in fact, that Uh, Most of them have automated systems to handle those requests. Well, the government is looking to expand that to messages that the media that you send uh, also over those networks and and looking to expand that uh, sense of jurisdiction uh, into the encrypted channels. So that's really just to lay some of the groundwork of where we are in terms of this conversation. Okay, but the issue here is that these companies, Apple, Google, etc., want to provide complete security for their customers, so the data is encrypted, but that means they can't even recover it if they wanted to. Does that mean the encryption level is that high? It's possible to make it so nobody can recover that information? Well, it depends on the uh, applications, really, because not all encryption is uh, created equal, and that's the the thing to keep in mind here. Uh, there are some uh, applications that have more encryption than others, and, and some that just have really basic levels of encryption. Uh, in fact, if you really want to 
you know, think about some of the messengers, for example, like the one that uh, uh, Apple provides versus, you know, for example, if you think about Telecom or, or Telegram, rather, is the name of the app, which is the one that we've heard about a lot because we've heard that the ISIS members use it. Uh, it actually provides not only end-to-end encryption, but also provides in- encrypted channels within encrypted channels uh, to communicate, whereas most of the messengers like your iChat applications, they provide simply end-to-end encryption. So the question of whether or not uh, the companies are dedicated to providing the techniques and technologies for privacy for the consumer is really questionable because especially when you think about companies like Google and their entire mission is to archive the world's data, but they are providing services that do enable users to use encryption um, in many cases. And so, yes, you're absolutely right about that, Gene, and you're right. It depends on the level of encryption that a company is using. They themselves cannot read the messages. So, for example, with Telegram, their claim is that they cannot read your messages. Um, but some of the other companies uh, can. All right. So apparently the government would love it if these tech companies put in some kind of backdoor to let them get access if they have a right to get that access and make the appropriate steps. But once that was done, if it's done... Doesn't that also mean that there's conceivable possibility here that private agencies, maybe not legal ones, could find that back door and take advantage of it? That's very true. So if there is a back door into the so here here, think of it this way, for every encrypted channel of communications, so if you and I um, are speaking across an encrypted channel, we have some in many cases, we have some shared secret, or you have a secret and I have a secret, and those secrets mathematically equate to one another. If the government were to have a backdoor into that algorithm that does our encryption channel, well, that means that they're then maintaining a database with tons of, of, of those shared secrets, of, of tons of those uh, keys, if you will, is what we refer to them. And then the question becomes, well, who has access to those keys? Are they appropriately protected? You know, where are they? Uh, So there's many other logistical and key management questions that then have to be asked. And, of course, we saw with the recent OPM hack that, uh, you know, the government is victim to hacking just like everyone else. Now, is this an issue that could be taken to court? Could the government go to court to attempt to force someone like Apple or Google to make it possible to get this information? Well, well, yes and no. So the, the, the reason it's yes and no is because it depends. If, if let's just use, uh, let's pick Apple for a second. If, uh, and, 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 you know, and by the way, right, so Apple's um, uh, iMessage is, is relatively uh, you know, secure from the sense of, you know, being able to uh, feel that your privacy is protected. They actually have a pretty solid uh, messenger. But think of it this way. If, for example, Apple knew what the key, knew the key that you and I use to encrypt our messages back and forth. So let's just say we're using iMessage, and iMessage provides a key for us that is randomly generated, um, and they can't access it they don't have the, the, the key to access the messages. Then the government can take them to court all they want. Apple can't provide the, the 
the decrypted messages because they, they don't have the key. It's, it's mathematically impossible. Uh, now, on the other hand, if Apple does have the, the key, then yes, the government can take them to court and subpoena the keys and then decrypt our messages. Oh, this could be fun if this is ever taken to court. And I think another issue comes up is, for example, the San Bernardino terrorist right, act. Right. Okay, so the woman who was part of this duo that committed the crime, now we have this third person charged with buying the weapons. Supposedly, she communicated her beliefs on a social network, but this got convoluted by the media, but supposedly this was done in private messages, instant messages, not as a public message, and then she used a pseudonym. So the question I'm going to ask you, and we'll extend it to our next segment, is under those circumstances, someone's using a chat system, an instant messaging system on a social network, and I don't know whether it was Facebook or not, uses a different name, and the authorities are obviously looking to see if they can find evidence that a person who's coming into a country might have a background in terrorism and therefore ban them. And the question before we go to break is, is there any way around that, any legal way around that to get the copy of those messages without a lot of nonsense legal-wise? We'll ask that of Dr. Timothy Summers in our next segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Concerned about harmful contaminants in your water? Look to ProPure, the most trusted name in gravity water filtration systems. ProPure, with the silver-infused Pro1 G2.0 filter, removes over 200 contaminants, including VOCs, heavy metals, chloramines, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, fluorides, and radiologicals. We don't just say it, we back it up. The Pro1 G2.0 filter is NSF 42 certified and independently tested to meet NSF. SF-53 and P-231 standards. Pro-Pure Water, the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. Purchase with confidence in quality, performance, and customer service. Take advantage of our biggest holiday 25% off sale going on now. Visit your authorized Pro-Pure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. 800-544-3533. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. As your body ages, there is a 10% decline in your ability to repair each passing decade after the age 28. By age 40, your ability to repair from demanding manual labor, exercise, or a stressful desk job has declined by 12%. By using One World Way, you supercharge your body's ability to repair and eliminate inflammation. Our unique frequency-encoded whey protein, coupled with our high-quality whey, improves your cell's ability to make protein, which is to say, repair itself. My name is Jonathan Wright, and I'm 40 years old. I recently went from a desk job to a manual labor job. Job. Normally, I'm worn out. With Energy Enhanced One World Way, I now recover so quickly that I can perform very hard work all day long. I use Energy Enhanced One World Way for breakfast and lunch, and I experience less hunger throughout the day. I have a 30% increase in energy, and I just feel better. I plan to make Energy Enhanced One World Way a permanent part of my lifestyle. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have security expert Dr. Timothy Summers, and we're talking about a lot of current issues before we get to considerations for what's left the holiday season and beyond in terms of your personal security. And a reminder, too, we have a special feature of the show called the Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plusplus.technightout.com to learn how to get the ad-free version of this show with more features to come for a low month-to-month annual five-year or lifetime subscription plus.com. TechNightOwl.com. So, Tim, you see the situation scenario I've posed here. Posting instant messages under an assumed name. Any way you can get information about that unless you know in advance what to look for? Well, well, Gene, really, the, the, the issue here in this particular case with the social media networks is that currently the, the social media companies do not have a, a, an appropriate channel set up where regular everyday folks like you, me, or anyone else can report questionable behavior in posts on Facebook or Twitter. Currently, what you can do is you can report inappropriate postings. Of course, that goes into some kind of pipeline and channel that 
you know, may take them months or, or days to get to. However, there really is no place currently where the, the government's going to have to put some pressure on those companies to provide a link or a process of some kind where if, if folks see on Facebook that someone's posted some very questionable terrorist-type postings, then it goes to some kind of channel and is, uh, is able to then get funneled to the, to the government. And, and currently there's nothing like that. And, and that's really one of the ways that many experts have recognized is one of the ways that we're going to be able to address people posting things like that on Facebook. And, and, and that's one of the things that we're sort of kicking ourselves about with the San Bernardino issue uh, situation, the tragedy rather, is that, you know, she was posting things online and it seemed to not have gotten to anyone that could really do anything about it. Well, in this case, apparently it was done by a private chat, not a posted timeline. So that makes well, it even you, more difficult. Right, right. Well, here's the thing also, though. If you're posting it on on Facebook, in a private chat on Facebook, that is a situation where uh, Facebook has to then be doing some kind of, of its own form of audit. Uh, because those, those chats, the Facebook chat has very limited security. It's not like using iMessage or, or anything like that. In fact, Facebook chat is really only encrypted in transit. And it's not encrypted in such a way that the provider cannot read it. So if it's Facebook chat, then that definitely provides the government with a little bit more leeway because they can subpoena Facebook for the, uh, the keys to decrypt those comms, those communication channels. But they have to know in advance there's something to look for. Right, right. They would have to know that there's potentially something to look for, but Facebook is the kind of company, keep in mind, Gene, I mean, Facebook is the largest, one of the largest media companies in the world, and they own no media. This is a company that continuously uses information from individuals to really fuel its billion-dollar valuation. So it's not improbable or impossible for Facebook to have that kind of functionality built in where they're able to pick up various symbols and signs of things that may be indicative of terrorist activity. Just to give you a simple uh, uh, example, one of my colleagues at the University of Maryland, College Park, uh, Jen Goldbeck did a study uh, recently. Actually, she even did a TED talk on this that she called the curly fry conundrum. And and really, the point was that they did some research on what people liked on Facebook and how those likes indicate things about your personality. The information that people share on Facebook and the data, the analytics that Facebook does, are so intense and so complex that Facebook can literally tell you what kind of person you are and what kind of politics you have and what kinds of foods you, you may like to eat you know, in two years simply because people post so much data and they collect so much data about you. So I think that with those kinds of predictive analytics, Facebook's actually in a pretty good place to be able to, to sort of you know, see what people are talking about online, whether it's in message or on, the, on their walls and say, hey, you know, this looks a little questionable. So in a situation like that, maybe it's possible for, like, the immigration authorities in the U.S. and elsewhere to work with Facebook or Twitter or any of these companies and get some insights into what they have to look out for and maybe then be on the guard for those. Exactly, exactly. Now, now Gene, I, I do want to be clear, and I want to share with your, with, you know, with your followers and your listeners that, 
Quite frankly, I'm not an advocate of uh, the government having backdoors into encryption. You know, I've actually had this conversation many times with, with some of my colleagues, in fact, where I'll always have the person who says to me, well, Tim, I don't have anything to hide. And I think that that in itself is, is questionable because everyone should have something to hide. And the last time I said that, I remember uh, uh, one of my colleagues said, well, Tim, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I, and I said, well, you're not, you're not realizing that any time in history, in, in this country, for example, there have been legal changes that we were looking to make, whether it was you know, the legalization of, of same-sex marriages or, or all types of other legal changes that people and citizens looked to make, there had to be some sense of legal victories where people were uh, sort of undermining the law in the sense to try to get it to change. Those things wouldn't have been possible without the ability to question the law. And one thing that we constantly ask ourselves as, as, as citizens and as human beings is, what are the boundaries in terms of the right to privacy? And that's really what's at stake with the encryption uh, debate, is how far does my personal privacy really go? And then how far does the government's right to encroach on that personal privacy, how far does that go as well? And, and there needs to be a balance. And in order for that balance to be achieved, it has to be a give and take on both ends. And this is, of course, the ongoing debate over such things like the Patriot Act. What of your freedoms are you willing to cede to the government? And how much is too much? That can be a slippery slope, too. Once you open the door, you never know what's going to happen. And that's the question with, with the encryption, because, you know, Gene, you and I should, should have the ability to share private messages with one another with the intent that I want to send this message directly to you. And it's not that it's a terrorist message. It's not that it's a, a message that's going to hurt anyone. Perhaps it's as simple as telling you that I, I like chocolate ice cream, but I, I just am so ashamed of the fact that I like chocolate ice cream. You know, who, who knows? Let's just make it even simpler. I equate uh, having a private conversation online similar to the way that I equate having a face-to-face conversation with you. If you and I were sitting down in a room over some coffee and we were having a personal conversation, and let's just say that you know, your wife came into the room and she said, oh, you know, I'll give you guys some privacy. I'm going to go in and read my book in the other room. We wouldn't think twice about appreciating that privacy, and she wouldn't think twice about offering us that privacy. That's the same kind of of question that we have, except we have to apply it to cyberspace. That's a really powerful concept, if you think of it. We want to do the same thing that we do in person. We just want to do it online. Discussing your security with Dr. Timothy Summers on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial 
financial compensation. Zorelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Just recently, we've witnessed some of the most catastrophic disasters in history. Be sure to prepare yourself with great-tasting, high-quality, GMO-free food that has a 25-year shelf life. Of course, we're talking about the foods from SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. And don't forget, the human body needs up to three quarts of water every day to remain healthy and hydrated. So check out our water bricks at SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. Go to SurvivalFoodAlliance.com or call 877-223-1776. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Dr. Timothy Summers in our final episode of the year. I'll just throw the political comment out here, Tim, and that is here that we're focusing on one event a terrifying event where two individuals with weapons killed innocent people. 
and we focus on the preparation where there are warning signs. But remember, thousands and thousands of people are killed as a result of gun violence every single year. And do we focus just as intently on the motives of every one of those people? You know, Right, right. The chance of you being killed in a terrorist action is probably less than being struck by lightning, although still you have to protect yourself. But I think we need to focus right. as much on that as we do on other mass shootings. Just a political comment. Sure. And I think that your comment is, uh, is understood and well-received. When we think about terrorist acts, and just even looking at that word, right, the, the word of terrorist or terrorism is about inciting terror within the population. Even though we don't refer to, you know, your standard, you know, and, and quote-unquote, and, and, and really uh, notice the, the way I use the word standard uh, shooting in the community, we don't call those terrorist situations. And that's something that we really have to think about, right, because those situations do incite terror in us. Uh, if you look at the situation, the shooting at, in Sandy Hook, or if you look at the situation recently at the, the uh, Planned Parenthood facility, right, those situations do incite terror within us. So I think your point's well taken, and, and we definitely need to be looking at those situations uh, comprehensively and not just in a vacuum. As we focus here on um, the period just after Christmas when you'll be hearing the show and the holiday sales and the January discounts. Something you put in your talking points I wanted to quote, and we can go into it, which is think before you click or swipe this holiday season. And that, of course, goes for year-round. What do you mean by that? Yeah, the point there is to encourage consumers to ask themselves uh, or really to, to question themselves whenever they're uh, clicking a link or swiping their card. The point being that many times uh, hackers, malicious hackers specifically, and identity thieves and, and all types of other malicious characters who have the technological know-how may have uh, surreptitiously uh, sent a malicious link for you to click on in the form of a discount for your favorite store or perhaps uh, incorporated some kind of malicious software into that photo that, you know, at least an email that says it's a photo of your grandson, uh, and, and, and or you're in a store and you, you swipe your card somewhere and, and it's, uh, it's going through a skimmer where someone is literally uh, skimming off the uh, data on the magnetic stripe on your credit card. So the, the question here or the point here really is to encourage consumers to be vigilant. Now, one thing I want to ask about swiping a credit card. There are devices that could be installed surreptitiously somewhere that serve as intermediaries between the real device and the criminals. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Those devices, for example, if you were to see it on an ATM or a credit card swipe sort of uh, utility or point-of-sale system in a restaurant or a bar or something like that, we refer to those as skimmers. And, and the, the point being that when you, let's just use the ATM as an example, when you slide your card into the slot, uh, there's really an external device that's sitting on top of the, the ATM card slide. And so you're sliding your card, it looks like you're sliding it into the ATM, and unbeknownst to you, you're actually sliding it through the skimmer and into the ATM. And so the ATM functions like normal, 
and you don't realize that you've been <laughs> your data has been skimmed off the card. Okay, is there any way I can tell that, or is it something that if you don't know how the equipment works and looks, there's no way? Well, there's a couple things you can do that are very simple things. One, try to always use, for example, in the ATM case, try to always use an ATM that's at a bank. If you're in a place where there's an ATM and it's not um, at a bank branch, then before you slide your card in, uh, just kind of tug on the, the, card, the card swipe. Uh, just kind of tug on it a little bit and, and see if it just, you know, if it pops off. If it pops off, then chances are pretty good that it's a skimmer. If it doesn't, then the chances are pretty good that it's not. That's a very simple uh, trick of the trade that you can try. Uh, but it's definitely really important to tr- just try to be incredibly vigilant about where you use ATMs. ATMs that are in, you know, less well-established places uh, can be questionable. Uh, you, know, you know, third and fourth party ATMs are always a little questionable. You know, if you use an ATM in, the ho- in your hotel, there's a better chance that someone's actually been there performing maintenance on the ATM. Same thing with at your bank branch. Whereas if it's, you know, if it's on a street corner somewhere, that's probably not a, a good place to, to use the ATM. Uh, just considering that it may be, it could have been tampered with. And also, anytime you give your card to someone to charge it, uh, always try to keep an eye on what the person does with your card. So those are a couple tips and tricks that you can use. Well, with restaurants, it's a pretty common situation where the food server comes to your table yep. and they give you the check and you hand them the card. But can you say, bring the card reader to me? Obviously, they can't always do that because the card reader may be located in the rear of the store. Right, right. And, and that's, a, that's a, actually, interestingly enough, that's a risk that we all take quite commonly. Uh, but fortunately, here's a, the tip or trick there is try to use your credit card rather than your debit card. And the, the point there being that um, your credit card, you've got a little bit more cushion and flexibility with uh, disputing charges as well as, you know, the fact that the money is, there's a little bit of a cushion between uh, when the money is taken out and whatnot. So, for example, with your debit card, when you use your debit card, the money is taken right out of your account. It's, it's liquid. Um, whereas with the credit card, the money's uh, accrued on the balance. However, you can uh, dispute that, and the credit card companies recognize and understand that you may have some disputes. So there's definitely some flexibility and, and, and cushion that you might want to give yourself by using your credit card. So unless you want cash back where it has to be a debit card, if right. you're handing them your bank debit card, like your Visa, MasterCard, and they say credit or debit, you say credit. If you're looking Definitely. at one of these payment terminals where you swipe it, they always make it more difficult to do credit. You've got to maybe push a credit button or cancel and go through three or four screens to do it. But do it. Yes. Do it definitely. It, it, it's definitely one of the reasons they make it harder is that the uh, the retailer actually has to pay a higher fee when they do when you do credit versus when you do debit, and that's why it's a little harder for you to do credit. But definitely take the extra steps. Good to know. This is what I do, by the way. You know, I'm listening to him, but I've always done the same thing. Unless I want cash back, then I always do credit. Now, the other thing too, in terms of trusting debit uh, ATM machines. If it's a big chain of convenience stores like a Circle K or, you know, one of those very popular chains 
of convenience stores where they have the ATM machines. We assume then if these are responsible businesses that when they're putting in those machines, it's going to be reasonably safe. Am I right? Well, yeah, and, and, and that's a risk that you take with the, uh, with the gas stations and the convenience stores is that, you know, you have to keep in mind that those uh, ATMs can sometimes be not only third-party but fourth-party machines. And so the, the actual owner and operator may not have actually been there to take a look at the machine in quite a while. If that's the case... Then, so for example, well, here I am, let's just say hypothetically I'm a malicious hacker and I'm looking for an ATM to attach a skimmer. Uh, well, I'm going to look for one where the, the, the owner operator is not frequently checking it so that I can have the time to skim as many cards as I can. Let's go. Let so, me just do a break here and we can explain that more. Okay, sure. we have Dr. Timothy Summers with a security update. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions. Silver solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. 
Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, Timothy Summers is joining us, and we're talking here about beware of the third-party or fourth-party ATM machines. Now, let me give you an example here of what I see. There's one of those machines over at Circle K. Now, there, the manager of the facility will sometimes take the machine down for reconciling. So, therefore, they're taking control of that machine and taking responsibility for it, right? Uh, Yes, the chances are pretty good that they are. If they're taking it down, they probably have the, that means they have the administrative rights to do that. And that case, if you get ripped off, you can go to them. Well, it's your machine, it's your store, you're taking responsibility, it's your problem. That's the hope. Uh, there definitely have been some situations. I'll give you a perfect example. I was in a hotel recently in the D.C. area, and the card slide on the ATM, uh, it wouldn't let my card come back out. And so when I went to the hotel manager, I said, hey, well, the ATM. It's your ATM. I need you to get my card out of there. And they said, oh, well, we're really sorry, but we actually don't have the ability to, 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 to turn the machine off or power it back up or any of that. We, we've got to wait to, for uh, Monday for the folks you know, from the maintenance company to come and take care of it. So presumably, you would hope that the owner-operator of the facility uh, has the administrative rights to take care of the machine, but not in all cases is that, is a, you know, is that the situation. I assume in that particular case, though, if you have that problem, you probably call your bank and say, this is what happened. Overnight me a new card if you can. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. But now that also means that you now have to go to the branch the next day. Hopefully it's not a weekend uh, or a day that the branch is closed or a holiday. You have to go to the branch, get a temporary card, uh, because then it's probably going to take you two days to get your new card. So, you know, I mean, it just depends on what you've got going on. 
you know, God forbid it happens during the holiday season where you're expected to buy gifts and, and uh, dinner for your loved ones, <laughs> which could cause quite an inconvenience. Let's cover something else about banks. This happens to all of us. You get an email and it appears to be from your bank. Now, understand here, I often get emails from banks I never heard of, large banks with whom I have no account. And I'm not going to say where I keep my money, which banks, but very seldom do I hear from those particular banks as to a problem. But they will always say, oh, there's a security problem. Your account's under review. You've got to verify something. Click on this link. PayPal is a very common situation because so many people have PayPal who also deal with many other banks. So how do you know when you get these emails that's really the financial institution and not someone trying to rip you off? Well, nine times out of 10, if you receive an email telling you to click on a link in order to verify something, there's a pretty good chance that that's not from your bank. Uh, It really depends on what it is. But if you receive an email from what says it's your bank and they're looking for, you know, the last four of your social or your mother's maiden name or your password, the, the chances are that that's not really from your bank. Keep in mind that many times your bank will actually call you on the phone, even though it may be an automated call. They'll usually call you and say, Mr. So-and-so, you have a, there's been a breach or an issue with your card. We've sent out a new one. We need you to call in, verify. And, and even if you have a question, just call your bank. Call the branch and ask. And uh, that's the beauty of having, you know, having a bank at your disposal, is that you can call them and ask the questions. And, and that's something that, that's really important to keep in mind. In terms of companies like PayPal, they also have uh, the ability for you to call them. Of course, it's not as flexible as you know, a large-scale bank like a Wells Fargo or Bank of America, but they do have the ability for you to call them and ask the questions. And, and that's what I would encourage uh, everyone to do. Or just go directly to the bank site that you know. Don't click on the link. Go directly to the PayPal site or the Bank of America site or whatever bank you deal with. And look, if there's an issue, there'll be some kind of message that will display there where you act on that particular problem, as I see with PayPal or something like that. The other thing, also, when you look at the email, if your email software allows you to mouse over and see what the link really is, at least you'll know to be suspicious. Right. That's another really important tip is if you can mouse over the link, you know, if you're tech savvy enough to be able to understand the links, if it doesn't say your bank's web address, then it's something to be very questionable about. And, and, and it should say, for example, if you are using Wells Fargo, right, or Bank of America, it should say bankofamerica.com. And, and if it does not say that, then that's, that's something to be very suspicious of. And another thing to encourage uh, your listeners as well is always look for HTTPS. The S implies that it's a secure link uh, rather than just HTTP. One of the reasons why that's very important is that your bank's website will usually have HTTPS because the the credentials that you have to have to even get the HTTPS are, are validated. Uh, so it, it, so that's, it's a very good sign if the link has HTTPS. And, of course, at you know, bankofamerica.com or wellsfargo.com. Those are things to look for in the links. And with a lot of browsers, if you go to the site and you click on the little lock box, 
you'll yeah. often get information about what security certificate they have and who it is for. So you yeah. at least check it out if it's from GeoTrust or Komodo or one of those major companies. Or, or VeriSign. Sure, or VeriSign. One of those companies that sells SSLs. At least you know you have a chance there. Now, one thing that concerned me is the fact that quite often this happens to people. You get what appears to be an email from somebody you know or a member of your family and it has a link offering something that you should be interested in. Now, how do you know it's really coming from the family member and how do you know that link is real? So I always encourage all of my friends and family, if you receive a link from someone or an email from someone that claims to be a friend or a family member, just call them and ask them if they sent it. Actually, this just happened to me recently. I received a, an email from uh, a, a close friend uh, from grad school. And it said, Tim, you know, please check out this, some link. You know, this is something I think you'll be really interested in. And, of course, uh, the first thing I did is I just picked up the phone and I called her and I said, hey, did you mean to send this to me? And she said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and that's really one of the easiest ways to find out if, uh, if, if someone really sent, the, you know, sent you this link or not. And many times the person themselves are unaware that the email went out. Now, sometimes I also get, and I've gotten this twice, where someone claims to be somebody I know. Oh, I'm stuck in London. I need some money to, <laughs> right. to because I lost my credit cards or I was robbed. I Somebody mugged me. Whatever help. it is, they say, <laughs> okay. And you're right back and they try to pretend it's that person. But you know it isn't because what you know about that person, you know that obviously it's not them. So the right. first thing you got to do is check it. And, you know, sometimes a person gets their email account hacked. Yes, yes. And that's, that's typically the case with those emails. That's a pretty common scam. It's, it's very similar along the lines of the, uh, the uh, old Nigerian scam, you know, where you receive an email and it's someone saying that some uh, prince has left trillions of dollars and that they need help getting it out. And, and, and the, the scam with the, uh, you know, I'm trapped in London or I'm trapped in Spain or, or, or wherever situation and I need your help and you just send me money. Well, here's the interesting thing. It's very interesting that your friend, your close friend who's trapped in London needs your help, but they didn't call you. <laughs> Rather, they sent you an email uh, that sometimes it has very poor, uh, <laughs> poor grammar and, and uh, poor spelling and, and, and all these sorts of things. And <laughs> so it, it, that's one of those scams that we advise people to really just, just chuck that one out because if it were really an emergency situation, your friend would have gone to the consulate and they would have called you from the consulate's office. <laughs> now, in this particular case, it was worse because the email came from someone that I knew to be a retired physician who never traveled anywhere. And suddenly mm. to have that person in London saying, can you send me two grand? And anybody who knows my financial situation would know I can't send 20 cents, let alone two <laughs> grand. But I wrote back and the person said, well, in a way that didn't fit who they were, that right. explaining why they needed the money. But then I looked for a different email address for that person. I said, you know, somebody seems to have hacked your email and they're claiming to be you and they're claiming to be stranded in London. Would you tell me what's going on? And before we find out the answer, this is the Tech Night Out Live. Dr. Timothy Summers is here explaining security and what to do to protect yourself. I'm Gene Steinberg. 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNminerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNminerals.com. That's GCNminerals.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. A reminder, neighbors, if you want to get the ad-free version of this show, all you have to do is go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. Subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. Pay a monthly, annual, five-year, or lifetime subscription rate. We give you better quality audio. So we all sound just perfect, pristine clarity. It's a higher bid rate. And we kill 41 minutes of ads. Other features coming. Plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. So I wrote to the person, the retired doctor. I said what happened. He claimed to me that, well, it looks like somebody hacked my email account. And they're sending this nonsense. And thank heavens you didn't get caught up with it. I wouldn't have anyway. I want to ask you a question here. We hear this phrase when we watch a TV show such as CSI Cyber or Scorpion. It says... Stop leaving digital breadcrumbs. What's a digital breadcrumb? What's that mean? Right, right. Well, every time we surf the Internet, we leave little bits and pieces of data all over the place. And, you know, we, we have to keep in mind and, and remind ourselves that, that technology is everywhere. It's in our home. It's in our car. It's in our office. We use it all the time and by everyone. 
So every time we surf, we text, we tweet, we leave little bits and pieces of data around. And, uh, and really, this is just a way of uh, encouraging consumers to be more mindful of the, of the pieces of data that they leave around. There are many tools and techniques that um, are easy to use that can help with uh, sort of uh, keeping you from leaving certain uh, digital breadcrumbs. And uh, those digital breadcrumbs really uh, provide lots of different pieces of information about you, about your, your surfing habits, about the things that you shop for, uh, about where you're located. In fact, uh, one of the fastest growing businesses on the Internet is the business of spying on Internet users. And, uh, and, and this, that spying, if you will, happens because of the digital breadcrumbs that we leave behind. I don't know if this applies to your kind of work, but maybe you'll tell me. I occasionally hear ads for companies that claim to protect your online reputation. Mm. Now, is that yes. a scam or is that something any company can do? Uh, many of those companies are scams, unfortunately. That's one of those things that actually impacts a lot of people. I actually get clients, many clients contact me or people contact me and they ask or, or they have an issue. And the question is usually along the lines of, well, there was some unfortunate situation that happened and uh, the organization that was pursuing the situation decided to post it on the Internet. And now every time I go for a job interview, uh, this situation comes up. It's impacting the person's, not only their reputation, but it's impacting their ability to get work. Maybe it's impacting their ability to get promotions, to get loans. And so those companies, that's what they really benefit off of. They benefit from perhaps a person's sense of desperation to try to clear their good name, if you will. Many of them are scams. There really is no, there's no surefire way to... Uh, to clear your online reputation, so to speak. Basically, once it's out there online, it's pretty much forever, isn't it? Unless yeah. an individual site can be persuaded to take it down. Exactly, exactly. The, the only other way is to keep in mind that the Internet works very much, especially since Google is the most popular search engine. Uh, it works based off of relevancy. And that relevancy is based on how many other websites link to, um, to a website. So whenever you go to Google and you type in a search term, the first site that comes up, it comes up first because there are so many other websites on the Internet that direct or have links to it. And so the, best, the other second way to, to try to improve your online reputation, if you will, is to, uh, uh, to quote-unquote, flood the Internet with good things about the situation. So if there is a website that says you're a bad person, then there need to be a lot more websites that say that you're a good person. And if there are more websites that say you're a good person, then that link will come up before the bad one does. So notice what I said. The bad one doesn't go away. It's just that the good ones will come up first. So like you said, once it's online, it's, it's pretty much there. Well, that's not so good to know, although, as I said, you might be able to go after individual sites that post something that you might regard as defamatory. I guess you have to hire a lawyer in those cases, too, where a lawyer writes a letter to the site in question and says, wait a minute, we can sue you. Right. That kind of thing. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to do. 
Yeah, yeah no. I, I did have a, a, a person, uh, Gene, that uh, you'll find this interesting, who contacted me. It turns out that uh, this gentleman uh, came from a very wealthy family, and uh, his, uh, he had a, a falling out with a business partner. And the business partner uh, was, of course, very disgruntled and upset and decided to start a website discrediting uh, the, the, the guy that called me. And um, he, the, the, the disgruntled business partner put so many different things online on this one website about this gentleman. And so the gentleman then approached uh, lawyers to get the website taken down. And, uh, and the court ruled in his favor, and they took the site down. But just a day later, uh, the disgruntled business partner then threw up another site altogether. And so, of course, the first time... Uh, the, the guy who called me uh, pursued legal support. You know, he spent almost you know one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars trying to deal with all this in legal fees, and so to, to do it again and again and again, uh, you know, of course, just proved to be uh, not it didn't make any sense economically. So, unfortunately, even if you do get legal support to take down the site, uh, you know, there really isn't a way to to keep it off the internet. Um, because everyone can put pretty much anything they want on there. But what you can do um, is you, you can follow, you can, of course, counteract the, the, the damage that the, the negative site may be doing by using uh, search engine optimization. And that's one thing that a lot of people do. How so? That's another question I want to ask you, too. Places that claim to optimize your website so you get more traffic, are they legit? Uh, some are, some are not. I, I definitely would err on the side of using uh, professionals that have a long-standing track record and performance history. Um, it's not one of those businesses where you can just go online and do a search for search engine optimization professionals and, and just pick the first person. Anybody could say, I am an expert and hang out the shingle and do business. <laughs> right, right. So I, I definitely would err on the side of, of getting recommendations uh, finding out who is respected in the industry and, and, and pursuing those folks. That's a way to do it. That's a way to do it. Move on to Definitely. one or two more topics before I let you go for the holidays. All right. Shredding documents. Now, one of the companies that claims to provide identity theft protection, and I'm not going to name that company because they don't advertise with us. And even if I did, I have no way to vouch for them. And that is they give you a paper shredder. Is that the ironclad way to hide your critical printed documents? Or even then, is it, well, we see in TV shows, they take each little shred and they reassemble it like a puzzle. Is that possible? Uh, that's possible. Um, however, if you have a, a shredder that does crosscuts, uh, the chances are, are less likely uh, that someone will be able to put to piece it back together like a puzzle. So you definitely want to look for a sh Actually, I would recommend that uh, every person who has business data or personal financial, financial data, which is pretty much everyone, to get a crosscut shredder. And the crosscut shredder ensures that the, the messages can't be, the paper can't be reassembled because it's, it's shredded so uh, it's such fine detail that it, it's just, it, it, does, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And it, it, it just, you can't do it. <laughs> we got to do this in one more segment coming with Dr. Timothy Summers. 
So pay attention to these announcements. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Concerned about harmful contaminants in your water? Look to ProPure, the most trusted name in gravity water filtration systems. ProPure, with the silver-infused Pro1 G2.0 filter, removes over 200 contaminants, including VOCs, heavy metals, chloramines, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, fluorides, and radiologicals. We don't just say it, we back it up. The Pro1 G2.0 filter is NSF 42 certified and independently tested to meet NSF. SF-53 and P-231 standards. Pro-Pure Water, the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. Purchase with confidence in quality, performance, and customer service. Take advantage of our biggest holiday 25% off sale going on now. Visit your authorized Pro-Pure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. 800-544-3533. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Okay, we have Dr. Timothy Summers with us for one more segment. We're talking about using a paper shredder. Now, let's go back to those TV shows. So we have CSI Cyber, and we have Scorpion, but more CSI Cyber, where they're basically dealing with cybercrime. And we know, of course, this is a show where situations are exaggerated. They have to fill 43 minutes and 55 seconds of content, plus commercials to fill a one-hour show. So things that might be somewhat related to reality are telegraphed. Now, one thing I see is they recover somebody's computer. Invariably, they recover the data off that computer. Very rarely can't they do it. Is there something you can do, say, when you're selling your computer, for example? Or, you know, you just want to get rid of stuff you don't want people to see. Is there a way to protect your computer so they can't recover it? So a CSI cyber or somebody, anyone, can't get that information back? The simple answer to that is yes, Gene. You can actually go online and purchase a degausser, um, which is essentially a tool that we use to very, very intricately erase the data off of a magnetic uh, medium. And, And many hard drives are magnetic platters. So if you use a degausser, you can definitely get rid of the data. Of course, you know, if there's a nation state uh, or a country or someone who's deciding to try to get access to your hard drive, you know, of course, they can maybe find some bits and pieces that they can piece back together. But for most people, it's it's as simple as uh, taking a big magnet and running it across the uh, the hard drive. I understand here also, when you erase a file, it's just basically deleting the index to that file. The file is still there until it's overwritten. What about the features offered in some operating systems, a secure delete? Does that do it? Uh, In some cases, it does. And so, for example, with, with, uh, I think, uh, actually, Windows, the new Windows operating system has some capabilities for that. And, And for most folks, that's reasonable. Now, for someone like me, I might be a little bit more vigilant about it, a little bit more paranoid about it, just because I know what I'm capable of doing, and so I know that there's other people capable capable of doing it. But uh, I, I personally am, am always very concerned about the data that I have on hard drives, and and that's why uh, I actually don't save uh, data on hard drives. Uh, so. For example, my personal computer, I don't save data on the hard drive within the computer. I have a doubly encrypted uh, portable hard drive that I carry with me, and I also have a a cloud backup that's doubly encrypted as well. And so I think that what you'll see, the trend that you'll see is that as we're progressing more and more toward the cloud, if you will, quote-unquote, consumers will be saving less and less on their 
their actual hard drive on their desktop. But if you're saving information on your desktop in your My Documents or whatever folders that you have, if you want to erase that stuff, try using the secure delete function in your operating system, whether it's Windows or Linux or the Mac OS, and that's really going to be your best bet. Now, we were talking about magnetic-based media, like a hard drive. What about solid-state drives? Right. Solid-state drives are a little different. You don't have the, uh, the, the platters, the magnetic platters, as you do with a old-fashioned hard drive. <laughs> and uh, with the solid-state, there, you're definitely talking about the data being overwritten. And, and of course, you know, what we refer to as uh, NAND memory in some cases. And erasing data from those hard drives is a little bit more complex than it is with the magnetic uh, platter uh, hard drives. So, yeah, there's a little bit harder of a time in terms of it's not as simple as just going online to, you know, thinkgeek.com and buying a together. There actually is a little bit more complexity to permanently erasing off the solid-state drives. I don't put stuff on my drive that anybody cares about. Let me tell you the truth right now, in case you're wondering. I have nothing on there <laughs> that anyone has a right to worry about. But as you're saying here, these online backup services, some of them advertise really high levels of encryption. That's what you should be looking for? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want to look for uh, not just the high levels of encryption, but you also want to look for, is it encrypted in transit and at rest, and and the, the, the to simplify that a little bit, so there is encryption when it's being sent from your computer to the to the cloud, quote unquote, uh, wherever that is. So let's just say it's Dropbox or Box.com. So if it's encrypted from your computer to Box.com, if it's in transit, that means that. It's being sent across an encrypted tunnel, but it doesn't mean that the data itself is encrypted. Then, of course, then there's the question about, is it encrypted at rest? And that means once it arrives at box.com, is it encrypted at that point as well? Many times when you'll hear about a service being using encryption, they're usually just talking about in transit. And so that's something that consumers have to be very mindful of as they're looking at cloud services. Is it encrypted not only in transit, but also at rest? And who holds the keys for that encryption? Who holds the, the password, if you will, the secret to, to decrypt the data? So the question is, what kind of security do they have at their data centers? Yes, yes. And in terms of cloud storage uh, services, this is something that they usually advertise as a feature because they want you to feel very safe and very comfortable with, with sharing your data with them. For example, there are services like Box.com, the folks at the company may be able to actually see your data, versus a company like, um, a perfect example is Mega. Mega, actually, you create your keys. They don't even have access to even see what kind of data you have. That's really the difference. So many of the, of the public cloud storage services, they can actually see your data. So if you have a file and it's, and it's called you know, gene.doc, it's a Word document, right? The folks at box.com can actually see that document, whereas the folks at another company like uh, Omega or um, there's a couple other ones that are out there, they actually can't even see that the file uh, gene.doc exists. It's gibberish for them, so they don't even know what it is. And so that's really what consumers have to look for is what level of security are you comfortable with? 
What about companies like Carbonite and Crash Plan, Mosey, these people that advertise a lot? Are they right, encrypted? Right. Yeah, so that that's that's a good question. So so it's the same principles that apply with these guys. And really each of these companies uses a slightly different methodology, but for the most part, many of them uh, actually have access to your to your data. Now, it it just depends, you know, there there may be, you know, dependent on the company, there may be some uh, you know, some variation in the service. I guess you have sure, to check sure. what the company who provides the backup service claims about security encryption and go from there. Yes. Tim Summers, tell us where we can get more information about the things that you do. Well, you can find me at uh, howhackersthink.com. You can follow me on Twitter at howhackersthink. And of course, you can follow my research at the iSchool at the University of Maryland College Park. Dr. Timothy Summers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Uh, Thanks for having me, Gene. Sincerely appreciate it. Next up on the Tech Night Owl Live, the one, the only, Peter Cohen. From our family to yours, have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. There's one major factor affecting the health of millions, and most people are completely unaware. Acid levels. Soda, meat, dairy, caffeine, and sugar can all lead to elevated acid levels in the body. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops get the body's pH levels back in perfect balance. It's a holistic, natural, and powerful approach that will give you greater health, vitality, and zest for life. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Visit ALKAVision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. A revolution in body protection has arrived only at FortressSurvivalLLC.com. Introducing the revolutionary patented Level 3 Bulletproof Vest. 100% Kevlar, 100% American-made. Concealable, fully adjustable, and the lowest price on the market. Adult size normally $289.99, now just $250. Kid size normally $239.99, now just $200. Get affordable protection with a Level 3A Bulletproof Vest from FortressSurvivalLLC.com. For thou art my rock in my fortress. Psalm 31.3. Did you know that home break-ins increase more than 100% during the holidays? It takes just 10 seconds for an intruder to kick in your door. But police response to a home alarm system is more than 20 minutes. And intruders are in and out of your home in 5 minutes. Thieves know that you're not home and have presents inside just waiting to be taken. And if you are home, how safe will you feel with an intruder lurking inside with your family? That's why police across the country are recommending you use door armor. Proven to withstand the force of a battering ram, door armor keeps intruders out. It's easy to install and barely visible, and your door armor is guaranteed for life. Go to InvasionStopper.com for a very special buy one, get one at half off deal. These savings are for a limited time and only available to GCN listeners. Protect your valuables and loved ones this holiday season. Go to InvasionStopper.com now. That's InvasionStopper.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. 
complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Yes, it's our last show for 2015. I don't know whether to be happy or sad. This was kind of a rough year all around, but we'll get into other subjects more pleasant in a moment here. So Peter Cohen is joining us, and we're in a peculiar situation here where I suspect that where you live in Massachusetts is slightly warmer than it is in Arizona. What kind of temperature do you have today? Uh, we've got short sleeve weather today. It's in the 60s. It's unbelievable. I can't remember a Christmas Eve that's that's been this warm. Although I, I think the meteorologists have said there have been a few, but uh, definitely uh, an odd uh, an odd year this year. I think in New York they're talking of 71 degrees. This is being recorded on Christmas Eve. Here in Arizona, it's 53 degrees right now, and cloudy and chilly, and we'll get up to 66. So something is screwy. And in Indeed. The next- in the next couple of days, on the evening the show is broadcast, the weather calls for a low temperature of 28 in Phoenix and a high temperature of 53. Do tell. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know what to make of it, but um, I'll, I'll take it because, uh, you know, compared to having lots of snow where I live, I, I would much rather have the, the short sleeve weather. How has the snowfall been where you are? Oh, non-existent. We haven't had much of a... I mean, winter just started, obviously, but our fall has been abnormally warm and dry by uh, all measures. So um, a very unusual weather pattern this year. So if you run a ski resort or you like to go to the slopes, it's not the year for you. Let's look at the year for Apple and the technology industry. And so what I'm seeing here more and more as the years progress since Tim Cook became CEO is he seems to be a much more of a public presence than Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs occasionally would do an interview for TV or radio. And, of course, he'd do these annual conferences, the former All Things D conference. 
But then it was the keynote, and then he was basically back in his office or running around Apple yelling at people to get things done. But Tim Cook has become more outspoken on issues, more politically active. I don't think there's any question. You know, Tim Cook has taken a much more activist role than Steve Jobs ever did, which is good. You know, he's his own man. And, and uh, uh, you know, famously, uh, Tim had said um, after Steve's passing that one of Steve's last uh, um, uh, comments to him was, you know, to, to, to sort of find his own way and do his his own thing. And I think that uh, uh, that Tim is definitely doing that. But the, Apple certainly isn't suffering for that. You know, Apple is um, uh, an enormously successful company. And, uh, you know, certainly Tim Cook's activist role in issues related to social justice and, um, and, and various other things has uh, uh, created some... Um, I guess, critical analysis of the CEO's role at Apple that, that we haven't seen before. But I don't think that there's anything bad in that. I'm happy to see him do it because, uh, you know, it's it's like what Uncle Ben says in Spider-Man, right? You know, with great power comes great responsibility. He's um, in charge of, of the biggest electronics company in the world, so the most profitable company uh, around. And, you know, with, with that responsibility comes, uh, or with that, with that, that, that level of authority and that level of exposure comes uh, responsibility. And he's certainly doing uh, what he thinks uh, his conscience uh, should dictate. And I think that's a good thing. I still see an occasional article from someone saying, well, he's not suited to the job. They need to fire him, that sort of thing. Sure. And I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you're going to find that armchair quarterbacking in uh, any kind of analysis or uh, critical review of Apple. But um, uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, as the old saying goes. And it's hard to argue with Apple's success. It really is. There have been rumors of late that, again, this is, happens every couple of years. Apple supposedly cut back on orders for the current iPhone. Allegedly, it's not doing as well as they anticipated. What are you hearing? Well, I pay absolutely no attention to the rumor mills. I really don't. I think that um, uh, talk is cheap. I think that talking or, or extrapolating what might happen six months down the road from rumors that are being uh, circulated by Apple's uh, supply chain is a very dangerous thing because you don't necessarily get a really good idea of what's happening just by analyzing individual parts of Apple's supply chain. So I, I take all of this with 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 a grain of salt, and I, I wait for Apple's actual financial results to figure out whether or not I should be uh, pleased or displeased at what the company is doing. Well, in any case, what happened the first time this erupted? where I think it was probably an iPhone 5S or something, and Apple's stock price went down amid rumors that there were cutbacks in the supply chain. And, of course, sales didn't go down. They weren't flat. They had record sales that quarter. And then Tim Cook famously said, I think it was during the 2013, the first 2013 conference call, that you can't take single metrics off the supply chain and assume anything about it applies to... The entire picture. Obviously, Apple is going to change its order structure. Maybe one of their suppliers isn't getting the stuff out on time, so they go somewhere else. They balance it back and forth. But this is what goes on, and it's like history repeating itself. The analysts do the same thing, not realizing they made a huge mistake the last time, 
as if it didn't exist. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think, uh, uh, um, you know, Wall Street exists in its its own world. And that world is is reflective of the values of Wall Street and what's important for investors to know and what's important for investors to guess on. And all of this has an effect on the price of, of individual company stocks, right? But you can't derive the overall value or the overall you know, place in society of a company or an organization or a product or a service uh, based on how well it's uh, – it's uh, it's it's stock prices doing on Wall Street. That's only one measure, right? So uh, who gives a damn a what analysts say and b how that affects the stock price, or c what happens to the stock price when Apple actually makes announcements? It's not a meaningful indication of uh, of 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 how the product is going to do in the marketplace, or uh, you know what how consumers are going to react to it. iPhone 6s is you know a great case in point. You know this is a a, a, a midstream uh, product refresh, but it's got enough exciting changes to get people really enthusiastic about it. People are buying them uh, in great quantity. And, you know, Apple continues to set uh, a record pace when it comes to, to phone sales. Um, so, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll see overall. You know, when the iPhone 7 comes out and, uh, you know, new Mac products are out and uh, more new iPad products are out and so on. And the, 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 uh, the continued evolution of the Apple Watch, obviously, and whatever else Apple has up its sleeve. You know, Apple's not sitting still, though. They, they, they exist in a continuum. Uh, they're constantly making changes and refinements to their, their business practices and, and, uh, and their product makeup. And uh, I, I have no doubt that they're going to get it right. Um, I just don't pay that much attention. To what's happening on Wall Street, because quite frankly, I don't think it's 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 meaningful. What about the argument that Apple is too dependent on the iPhone? Well, uh, is uh, boy the too dependent on the iPhone, but they're not. I mean, that, that, I I I guess I would say that that argument is is. Uh, uh, fallacious, if not entirely specious, um, because uh, the, the, the iPhone is certainly its most important product, but it's not its only product. You know, and iOS isn't its only product. And OS X, what it's doing with OS X informs Apple about what to do with iOS every bit as much as iOS development and usage informs what Apple has to do with OS X. It's a symbiotic relationship. Again, it's because Apple exists in a continuum and they understand that. Well, I guess you can pose that argument against BMW. If car sales go down, what other products can they offer but those cars? (laughs) Hey, we're... Talking to Peter Cohen, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out a2 Hosting, and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, 
a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. As the cold and flu season approaches, Silver Lungs is ready to help you and your family through the toughest of the year by supporting your immune system and overall health. From our best-selling colloidal silver generating system to our entire line of silver-based skin gels, nasal sprays, soaps, and silver solutions. Silver solutions remain one of nature's most powerful and least expensive antibacterial agents. Now you can produce your own for pennies a day in the comfort of your home using the breakthrough technology of the Silver Lungs Generator. Learn more today at www.silverlungs.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. If survivalist housing has been in your plans, get ready. We're bringing our Timberline Range Camps to you February 6th through 14th. The Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Get an up-close look at some of our most popular Timberline models or visit survivalistcamps.com to pre-order a camp. We'll bring it to the show and save you the cost of shipping. It's the perfect time to get that camp you've wanted. Go to survivalistcamps.com, then plan on joining us at the Great American Outdoor Show in February in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Paid not attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. It's 
Speaking of which, as we're looking at 2015 and focusing on the future 2016 and beyond, Peter Cohen, what about the reports that persist about a possible Apple car? Where do you think it's going to go? Well, I think we're still years away from seeing anything if there is something to talk about. You know, there's no question that Apple's, you know, done its research or is doing its research and it's hired people to look at that, just as you would expect any company with as large a footprint as Apple to do. You know, that's, I think, perfectly reasonable. Chances are, if there's any technology at all that, you know, Apple thinks is is worth putting its hat in the ring for, it's looked into it. The company's R&D budget is huge. You know, the company's R&D budget is the envy of uh, Silicon Valley in many ways. So the company ma- manages to, to get its tendrils into a lot of things, but a lot of those products never see the light of day. And why do they never see the light of day? Because Apple doesn't think that they're viable for whatever reason, or they don't really, it, it doesn't fit with Apple's goal to surprise and delight customers and to improve the quality of their lives with them. So will an Apple car come out someday? Yeah, possibly. Will an Apple teleporter pad come out someday? I guess it's possible. I would like the Apple teleportation pad. That's another word for the iPad. My my point here, Gene, is it's it's fun to sort of mentally, you know, play that game, but it it doesn't solve the problems that we've got here today. And and self-driving cars aren't an issue that we really need to concern ourselves with personally or societally until they're available. And they're not. So why are we even bothering to have this discussion? Well, they keep talking about self-driving cars anyway. And it is true. I guess what I'm telling society as a whole, though, is to stop paying attention to stupid crap. Self-driving cars? I mean, seriously, this is the very definition of a white person's problem, is a self-driving car. Let's talk about getting clean water to the billions of people who don't have it or basic sanitation or solar power, you know, renewable power for them where they don't have electric grids or, you know, improving things right here at home. Basic infrastructure stuff. We're actually worried about, you know, what flavor soylent we're going to be drinking this week and whether or not our cars can drive themselves. You know, sometimes I just I I look at, at, at the things that we talk about and wonder what the heck we're doing. Merry Christmas, folks. Okay, autonomous driving. It's true, however, that more and more cars are taking on some autonomous driving functions, such as advanced cruise control and stuff like that. The thing that worries me in relation to that is that if the car is doing too much of the work, you become a less attentive driver. You expect the car to do everything for you, and that could cause problems down the road. It depends. You know, if I think it's I think it's a zero sum game if uh, everybody is on the same page. Right. You know, if everybody's working with self-driving cars, we can all become those fat lounge lizards that we saw in uh, that movie Wally, you know, waddling around on our little um, our, our, our little uh, scooter machines. If that's the direction that we want to go. The problem is that when you mix it right, when you've got humans and automated systems working together. That's where absolute chaos reigns. You know, that's where that's where I see just apocalyptic levels of chaos. So I, I, I think that, that that transition will have to be very deftly handled, and I'm not sure how exactly we do it. Don't think we're organized enough. I just want Johnny Cab. Remember Johnny Cab from the movie Total Recall? The original Total Recall. The good one. The good one. 
So we'll get Johnny Camps. Johnny Camps would be fine. Living on Mars would be fine. Anywhere, anywhere but here, right? Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> uh, Arnold. Well, you know, this is a fact. There is this project to recruit people for a one-way trip to Mars. So you'll set up shop there. You'll spend the rest of your life there. And I don't know. I have no problem with going to Mars if it would be reasonably comfortable to do so, which it won't. But staying there forever? Hmm. Don't think so. Oh, well. What do you think in 2015 Apple screwed up on a little bit or more than a little bit? Well, there were a few product uh, refreshes I would have liked to have seen that I didn't. You know, like a new iPad Air. I, we, we we're stuck with the same iPad Air that we had last year. You know, that was that was one thing. Um, another thing is uh, the Mac Pro. You know, I think the Mac Pro is long in the tooth. The Mac Pro was last refreshed in late 2013, and it's using a Xeon processor that's actually built on the Ivy Bridge um, uh, 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 system architecture. So it's a really old chip, you know, and uh, Apple could certainly uh, bump up the Mac Pro. Um, and, it, it, you know, the, given its history with the Mac Pro, I would expect it to do so. Uh, I was kind of hoping it would, would have done so by the end of the year, but uh, that didn't happen. So that, that was a personal disappointment of mine. Now, of course, you know, I, col- I color this by, by saying, look, I'm a Mac guy. You know, that's what I report on. That's what I talk about. That's what I write about the most. So I'm always looking at, at, at Apple's, you know, product lineup uh, through, through that sort of lens. Uh, some of the other Mac stuff that they did this year, like adding Force Touch uh, to the laptops and the new MacBook and uh, um, the refreshed iMacs with 5K and 4K screens, I think those are great. You know, they're all awesome uh, systems. But there were a couple of holes that, that that I would have liked to see Apple fill. Sure. It seems to me that upgrading the Mac Pro would be fairly inexpensive to do. Just upgrade the chips, update the graphics processor. But why does Apple still feel they can charge $800 for a terabyte solid-state drive? Because Apple can do that. You know, and I, I think that I think the customers find workarounds, you know, that, that's, that suit them. Some, first of all, some people are willing to pay the premium that Apple charges for uh, increased levels of, uh, of, uh, of storage. But they're an edge case. Most people understand, oh, this comes with 256. Well, that's four times what my, you know, mid-range iPhone can hold or, um, uh, or, or whatever. They've got a better sense of scale and uh, how they're using um, uh, data to understand that that matrix, I think, a little bit better. There's no question that SSD continues to be a lot more than uh, than than, uh, than than hard drives cost, and there's no question that Apple charges a huge premium on SSD upgrades in their systems. Either people are like, you know what? Fine, I'll use Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt 2, or I'll use I'll, I'll even use USB for external storage. That's what a lot of people do. At least that's based on my experience selling these things for the last couple of years. But, um, uh, you know, Apple can charge what it wants and, and decide whether or not, you know, it it, 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 it will recalculate that. You know, it, it, it's charged even an even higher premium for Flash in the past. So, you know, as that becomes a, a greater commodity market, I'm sure that Apple will readjust it uh, accordingly. What bothers me about the way Apple sets up its products is so few of them anymore 
can be upgraded. You can't add RAM to most models except the higher-end iMac, the Mac Pro, and I think there's still one legacy. Yeah, MacBook you know, and, and you know what? I, I blame Johnny Ive. I blame Johnny Ive for that. You know, it's this obsession, this obsession with thin, you know, that permeates all of Apple's products, right? The idea is to make the product almost invisible or as invisible as you can reasonably make it. And, uh, you know, th- this certainly extends to this sort of thin fetish with the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6S. Um, it's, it, it's followed with the iPad, and it, it's certainly followed with the MacBooks as well. And thin, by, by design, thin requires um, uh, you to rethink the way the, the motherboard is laid out and the chips inside are laid out and the battery is laid out. Um, and all these factors that affect whether or not the system can be upgraded. Because having an upgradable system requires a certain kind of architecture and a certain kind of, of physical structure to be able to manage. The old machines could, but the old machines were a lot more uh, chaotically engineered than the new systems are. You know, no, I say this as somebody who's got a 2013 Retina MacBook Pro. I've used it every day since I got it in April of 2013. I've had it in the shop now three or four times to have stuff replaced. And thank goodness I got AppleCare, which I strongly recommend to anybody who buys a new laptop Mac anyway. I'm going to ask Uh, you about that, about your experiences, because my son still has his 2008 black MacBook, and that's had a checkered history. I'll be brief about it, and then we can talk about your problems in our next segment. He didn't have Apple Care. During that three-year period with Apple Care, everything on that computer, almost everything, part of the case, the display, logic board, hard drive, was replaced at least once, sometimes twice. More to come with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Wishing you the brightest of Christmas seasons and best wishes for the new year from the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. 
a place for mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg You're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we're talking about Apple technology 2015, about now a subject about reliability. So my son had the MacBook from you know where, and we actually had to call Apple the most recent time he had a repair and request an exemption because his Apple Care had expired in 2011. And we called them and said, look, it's only a few weeks after the warranty expired, and now it needs a new display. What's going on here? And they relented twice to repair the unit, and it's still working. My experience with Apple Care is that Apple Care gives you a way to have a reasonable discussion with Apple if stuff goes really wrong with your computer. You know, like from my perspective, my 2013 MacBook Pro, best machine I've ever owned, best machine I've ever owned. I love this computer. I've had the top case replaced because I had a faulty trackpad. I've had uh, the main logic board replaced twice now, one in rapid succession with the other because the original replacement didn't work correctly. Um, I've even had the screen replaced. Now, most of that has happened after the 12-month warranty, standard warranty period. It's, it's happened within the last year, in other words. And um, from that, my perspective, that makes Apple Care totally worthwhile because if you have a laptop computer and you use it as a laptop computer, meaning you, you bring it around, even if you just bring it around the house, stuff gets jostled and, you know, parts get shaken up. And, you know, quite frankly, y- you can't guarantee that these things are going to work flawlessly. It really pays to spend the extra 250 350 bucks. Uh, to get Apple Care, in my opinion, I've almost always used it on laptops. I haven't always used it on iOS devices or on desktop Macs. So the point being here, if it's portable, get the extended warranty. This goes against, by the way, what publications like Consumer Reports might urge, which is that you really the possibility of doing repairs would mostly happen in the first year of a product's use, and therefore, once the warranty expires, some of you may gain, but not enough, whereas the manufacturers make a lot more money selling the extended warranty. And the last time I bought a car, they tried to force an extended warranty upon me for two reasons. I took out a long-term loan, and my credit was no great shakes. So they claimed the bank required some kind of extended warranty because of the fact that it would be well past the warranty by the time you paid off the loan. I don't know if that's true or not, but as I said, the rule of thumb has been mostly not to buy one. I think it's very conditional based on uh, the appliance that you're talking about or the device that you're talking about. But, you know, Apple uh, laptops command a premium price. 
you know, a 15-inch laptop starts at $2,000. If you're spending $2,000 on your initial investment of a computer and, you know, factor in the, the, the idea that any time after the first 12-month period, you're going to be spending anywhere from $100 to $150 to have a technician just take a look at your machine. That's what the bench fee at most places is going to cost, including Apple for an out-of-warranty computer. And that's just to have the technician look at it. If you need to buy parts, those parts are going to cost extra. There isn't a part in there at this point, the way that Apple engineers them, that's going to cost you less than $250, $300 to replace. With a few possible exceptions, there really isn't because everything is so integrated and so engineered, which brings us back to your, your original point, Gene. You know, it, it, Apple doesn't make these things upgradable anymore, which makes it imperative I think, for people to, to consider uh, getting the extended warranty because they'll really get their money's worth if they end up running into problems after that, that warranty period. Anyway, that's, that's, I don't know, that's just my bloviation on the subject. Your mileage may vary. Well, certainly with an iPhone, I would get some kind of extended warranty coverage, whether Apple Care or whatever. I would possibly watch out for the ones provided by your wireless carrier. They tend to be more expensive, and they tend to require more of an upfront cost to replace your bad device. Yeah, I mean, and if you've got an Amex card, for example, take a look, because uh, some cards will double your warranty for you um, automatically. Um, so you might even be getting that protection from your credit card company. You might not even know it. Look into it. See if it's a, if it's an option available to you, because uh, that's a good way to do it as well. But Apple Care, you know, Apple Care, you pay for upfront, and then you basically pay a deductible if you have to get your screen replaced on your iPhone or your iPad. Depends on your history. A lot of people have trouble keeping their iPhones and their iPads together in one piece. You know, they they're either clumsy or, uh, you know, they're they're in situations where uh, th- these things get harmed. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not using the right case or they don't feel comfortable using cases or whatever. And in those cases, I think AppleCare Plus for the iPhone and the iPad can make a lot of sense. Um, but as in all things, your mileage may vary. Let's move to some of uh, Apple's products specifically. The yeah. iPad Pro. Have you ever had a chance to work on one? Yeah, you know, the thing that I'm still waiting for is the pencil. I haven't gotten my hands on a pencil, but I certainly have been playing a lot with the iPad Pro lately. And let me tell you, I think it is a magnificent system. It is the most beautiful screen I have ever seen on an iPad. Oh, my gosh. 12.9-inch screen, bright as sunlight, and just gorgeous. I, You know, just the brilliant imagery, brilliant typography, split view, you know, it, when you have split view working, you can have two apps running simultaneously, um, and you can copy and paste side by side. It makes it a productivity device, and the iPad Air 2 as well, but the iPad Pro especially because of that big screen, makes it a productivity device unlike any other iOS device you've ever seen before. Such an impressive piece of hardware. I was also looking over the benchmarks, and the benchmarks are in traditional PC notebook territory. And some cases with some models, it's faster. That always brings the argument that if Apple can do that with their A-series chips, bring you real desktop class performance, does that mean Apple should consider moving all Macs to ARM? You know, I I don't have an opinion on that, but I, I there is some business intelligence at Apple that I think is worth... Um, uh, uh, that there is worth uh, that it, that there is worth talking about that that may shed some light on the answer to that question. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
why don't you tell our listeners because they're not playing inside baseball. They want to know. Okay, so there's this guy um, who works for Apple named Johnny Johnny Srui. Um, he is um, Apple's uh, VP of Hardware Technologies, and um, uh, he, um, among other things led the development of the A4. That's the first system on a chip that Apple designed. So this is the, 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 the great granddaddy of the chip that you find inside the iPad Pro. This is the chip guy we're talking this about. This is the chip guy. That's right. So We have Batman. He, this is Chip Man. That's right. He has been um, recently named Senior Vice President for Hardware Technologies at Apple. Okay, not senior technology or senior vice president for iOS hardware technologies, senior vice president for hardware technologies. I don't want to, you know, say a, you know, one plus two or one plus one equals three, but or one plus one equals two. But I, I think that that it is very telling that Apple has put, you know, the architect of the A series chips in charge of hardware technologies at Apple. Could it just be a matter of time before we see A chips in uh, in the Mac? And oh boy, I can't wait until then. Well, the thing I wonder about too, when we again do something like that, whether with something like this, Apple wants to just better engineer their products, or they find a logical roadmap to producing. A series chips for Macs. The question would be, all right, Apple will save money with their own chips, but there are things they lose and there are problems they cause by taking this route. And we should talk about that because we always see, well, when will Apple have Macs on ARM? When is Apple going to tell Intel, all right, you did a good job for nine years. It's time to go. It's time to get on to the next great thing. And of course, by 2016, 10 years on Intel, which is a lifetime in the computer business. At least Apple's capable of even providing that opportunity. We have Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. 
We've had an amazing year here at Supernatural Silver. We've truly enjoyed the fantastic response from thousands of people as they've tried our extraordinary product, and we're thrilled at the life-changing results people have. Our company email is continually full of happy, satisfied customers who thank us for the help they've received from Supernatural Silver. This holiday season, as you think of gifts to give your loved ones, consider giving Supernatural Silver a gift that can help provide good health and wellness, a gift that can change lives and make a real difference in a world where we are constantly exposed to dangerous health threats. Give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Give Supernatural Silver. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code HOLIDAY2015 for 20% off. And this holiday season, we wish you and yours the blessings of peace and good health from all of us here at SupernaturalSilver.com. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. Does being over 40 make you feel like half the man you used to be? You feel more tired, out of shape, not in the mood like you used to be? Thanks to an exclusive formula, you can help boost testosterone levels safely and naturally. Introducing Ageless Male, a life-changing supplement for men tested to help increase testosterone levels. You'll notice a boost in your energy levels, workouts work, sex life improves. It's like a light switch goes on. Try Ageless Male risk-free if you would like to experience what taking Ageless Male can feel like. Support for healthy, normal testosterone levels levels, healthy energy, and increased performance, and more romance when you want it. Call 1-800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Please visit plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Learn about Tech Night Owl Plus. Learn about the ad-free version of this show, the forthcoming Tech Night Owl Minute. More stuff coming for 2016. The rates are low for a month, for a year, for five years, for your lifetime or my lifetime or somebody's lifetime. Plus.technightowl.com. So we're talking here about 
the possibility that Apple might consider saying goodbye to Intel. So let's look at the possibilities here. Why does Apple do that? Can Apple really beat Intel ultimately in terms of performance? Yep. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that if you uh, put it on a long enough stretch, Apple can go toe-to-toe with Intel. Absolutely. It'll take a long time, though, and it'll be iterative, um, but maybe not as long as we think. Okay, that's performance. Now, the second part is... I, and I also think it's, it's, it's worth pointing out in, in their respective markets, too. You know, Apple has a specific need that it was able to fill by developing its own chip, right, uh, you know, for, for iOS. Before Apple relied on Intel to provide the microprocessing hardware that powers the Macintosh, they were using PowerPC, uh, you know, which was a, a joint project of, of, of Apple, IBM, and Motorola. So this, this isn't Apple's first rodeo when it comes to chip design. You know, before that, it was 68,000 chips, you know, and 68030 chips, which were, you know, uh, which were, were Motorola chips as well. So, you know, Apple has been at this. I guess the, the point that I want to make is, is they've been at this for a very, very long time. And we've seen the architecture of the, of the Macintosh change repeatedly. You know, we, we saw it uh, go from from uh, from from 68,000 series chips to to PowerPC, and then from PowerPC to Intel. Um, so Apple can manage this uh, this sort of transition very effectively. Um, in terms of overall performance, though, you know, Intel builds to a different market um, and and different needs than Apple necessarily needs. You know, and I think that Apple sometimes, I, at least it, from my perspective, you know, sort of looking at this stuff all day long, I feel like Apple um, works at a deficit because it's dependent on Intel hardware. Well, that was true also with the PowerPC in the original 68000. They were dependent on another company and their ability or decisions to provide better products. And obviously that hit a brick wall when it came to the power PC and the G5, which was never tamed for notebook. That's exactly right. You know, that's a really good point, Gene. And, you know, we, we see this um, to a certain degree in the Mac line now. You know, if you take a look at the MacBook, you know, which Apple introduced in April of last year, um, of March, and, uh, you know, the MacBook is, is a marvel of engineering, right? Two-pound laptop, you know, eight, 10-hour battery, uh, a retina display, force touch trackpad, uh, completely wireless, except for one single USB-C, one single controversial USB-C connector to provide power. But otherwise, uh, you know, a, a, a real beautiful look at the shape of things to come, right? You know, that this is, this is what laptops are going to look like uh, a few years down the road. Much thinner, much sleeker. But there's one big problem. Under the hood, there is a 1.1 gigahertz Intel Core M processor on that motherboard. And it hampers the rest of the user experience in very significant ways because it's not up to what Mac users expect from a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro because they're running faster processors. The issue being here, of course, is that Apple had to make a decision about low heat, low power utilization, and that was the chip Intel had available. But a scaled up chip from Apple's A9, A-series processors, that's different. Remember that the iPad Pro is, I guess in all respects, noticeably faster 
in terms of direct benchmarks than the Core M processor. Precisely. If Apple could manage a transition, a smooth transition uh, on, for OS X to, uh, uh, to, 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 to A-series processors and uh, provide a, a substantially better user experience in the end, why wouldn't they do that? Why wouldn't they do that? It, it only makes sense. And it's not something to fear. You know, it's not something to, to sort of be concerned about because I think it's only going to benefit those of us who use these devices uh, in the long run. What Apple's not interested in doing is converging iOS and OS X. And this is something that I think bears repeating over and over again. You know, people see two-in-ones. People see tablets like the, the Surface, um, the Microsoft Surface Pro. And they think, oh, well, that's what Apple has to do. I have to have a touchscreen and a keyboard. I don't think Apple sees it that way. You know, Apple sees the per person who's going to use the iPad as a fundamentally different customer than the person who's going to use the MacBook. And that's good. That, that's something that I hope they continue to do for a very long time. All right, let's look at the trade-offs, what you have to do. Obviously, the first thing is to ease the migration by developers. Now, they've made it easy for developers to build iOS apps and OS X apps, and they've open-sourced the Swift programming language. So the key here is, can Apple devise a way to really, really simplify the transition from Intel to ARM? I'm assuming they can. I'm assuming it won't be just a single-click adaptation, but maybe something where it requires very little modification on the part of developers to do it. Well, yeah, I think, and I think there's going to be some pain there. There's no question, you know. But uh, uh, like I said, Apple's got a history of managing this. Um, they they know uh, where I think the pitfalls are, um, and uh, you know they've got a very very good team of developer relations people who um, who understand this as well. So let, let's give them credit where it's due. Okay, so that's another consideration that we have to get into here, which is if Apple is going to offer this. How easy is it for developers to manage to switch over? Especially, they've had developers invest in the old architecture. Now we have emulation. There has to be a way to emulate Intel language, at least for a few years, so that older apps will continue to work. And there's a second question about that, but the first is, is it possible to provide chip-level emulation that gives you all or most of the performance of Intel? Yeah, and uh, you know the, this is uh, what we saw before when when Apple managed the PowerPC to Intel transition back in two thousand and six. Um, a a uh, an abstraction layer called Rosetta was created um, in the operating system that enabled uh, uh, software designed to work with the older processors to work on the newer computers. Apple eventually did the, did away with that by just removing it in the operating system software, and I think it was with the release of OS uh, 10, um, 10 10.7 Lion. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that Apple finally removed Rosetta altogether, um, making PowerPC apps no longer work on um, on any machines that were working with the newer operating system. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've handled these transitions before. And like I said, there there are inevitably some pains for developers to deal with, but um, it's it's not an insurmountable engineering challenge for, for, for sure. So we assume here that Apple could conceivably provide most of, of the performance of Intel on ARM to make it easier. We've got more to talk about here with Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Peter Cohen is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about the possibility here that's been voiced whether Apple is going to, maybe at some time in the very near future, reach a point in development of the A-series chips where they can just as well have you use them on Macs. That's the convergence, not the convergence of the operating systems, but the convergence of the chip architecture. Now, the key point here with Intel, not just they got better performance and were able to move beyond the limitations of the power PC, It is the fact that you could run a Windows virtual machine at, what, 75-80% of the performance of a native PC and then boot camp. But now if you're switching to ARM, a lot of companies want that Intel emulation, Windows emulation. So what happens now if you've moved over to ARM processors? Where is that going to take you? Does that mean that they can still give you most of the emulation performance, what can Apple do? Everything runs through metal or something? At that point, you would be talking about emulation, right? You know, so this would be going back to the battle days of virtual PC. I don't think that's viable. I don't think that that's that's been uh, one point that I think uh, people have have brought up over and over again about this, you know, is that, well, if if Apple gets rid of Intel, then uh, Macs won't run Windows anymore. That's true. And that is a big deal for a lot of customers. So, you know, is Apple willing to cause that sort of pain and discomfort for people to use the Macintosh is, I think, a broader question um, and, and not something that, 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 that we can know with any certainty. Because Apple has proven over and over again, it will cause temporary pain for customers, for developers, and for others uh, if it suits their long-term agenda. Um, take a look at what Apple's done with the engineering of its iLife applications, for example. When Apple released new versions of Pages, Keynote, and Numbers, uh, it, the iWork apps, there were some rough transitions with iLife. There have been rough transitions with GarageBand. There have been rough transitions with with iMovie. Um, iWork, uh, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote, uh, rough transitions with that, too, uh, with uh, lack of backward compatibility and um, uh, lack of, of feature parity in new versions compared to old versions. But it's always suited at Final Cut Pro, you know, even on the pro side. Uh, Apple's done the same thing to uh, video professionals. Um, it, it, Apple's got a very checkered history when it comes to making sure that people feel comfortable with big transitions. So this may be the problem right here. We're talking here about some of the advantages of Intel hardware going away. The other question is, is it worth Apple's while to even consider doing this? 
Well, I guarantee you that there is chained to a basement wall someplace in Cupertino, a um, MacBook prototype that's already running an A-series processor. I have very little doubt that 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 exists. I don't think it's speculation to say something like that because, like I said, Apple's got a huge R and D budget, um, and and they've proven that they can do this, and they've 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 done it before. They'll do it again. Uh, whether or not that product will ever see the light of day is a completely different question, though. And the key being here is that Apple knows the trade-offs. They know what they have to put developers through, and they have to weigh that against what they gain to be able to use their own processors. At this point, I think it's a fair amount of pain, and the gain is paying less money. But being able to knock $100 or so off the price of a Mac is not worth all that, because Apple is doing pretty well with Intel. And certainly Intel has to be aware of the dangers, which would only embolden them to develop further to keep people from going to ARM. Yeah, and then the other question is how much ARM, you know, can scale up not just for Apple, but, you know, as as an industry um, force. Well, remember here, the chips designed so far have been for low power, low resource use. They're not running these things full bore. We don't know the real capability. If they stuck that thing in a computer that had more resource capabilities, more storage space, more RAM, how much can they scale up those chips? That's a huge question. If they could really scale them up, maybe they could find a way to provide Intel emulation for Windows that wouldn't have much of a performance impact. You know, with Apple, never say never. With Apple, never say never. That's exactly right. Right now, I'm skeptical, and I think you're skeptical that it would even be worth doing. But maybe in the long-term future, or at least that Apple could use that as a threat to hold over Intel's head. Let's look back at 2015. What do you think of the best things that Apple did? Best things that Apple did? Mm, let's see. iOS 9 and iOS 10 rollout seemed pretty smooth. Um, that, that was good. Uh, um, the, the iPad Pro, very impressive hardware that I've got no intention of buying. Um, uh, iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, you know, better than ever. Uh, 3D Touch is a game changer um, for uh, for mobile devices, and um, there's no question that you're going to see it on on everything before too long. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, on the Mac side, I love the I love the new MacBook. I'm I'm going to be curious to see how Apple evolves it in 2014, uh, and I, I I've uh, uh, I'm also a big fan of the new um, uh, 4K. Uh, 21 and a half inch iMac. I think that uh, uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, for somebody who, who doesn't want the size of the 27 inch iMac taking up their desk, it's a great machine uh, with a lot of um, uh, a lot of, of, of oomph under the hood. So much oomph that made you want to cough, but seriously it, speaking. Indeed, it took the wind right out of me. Well, you know, about the wind beneath your sails or something like that. Now, the MacBook, I am more positively oriented towards it than some people are. Because I think for most people, they don't need all the extra stuff. They just want something that's really decently fast. Something that will give them good battery life, is easy to carry, could run the apps they need. And it's not always going to be things like video editing. Although audio editing, I think, would work pretty well on that box. So I think that's a point that Apple sees that a lot of people may not see that you don't stop offering a MacBook Pro, but the MacBook becomes the ultimate replacement for the MacBook Air, right? 
I think that the MacBook serves as a template for um, how Apple is going to think about uh, design of its machines going forward. I think that you'll see some of those refinements carry over um, to uh, – you, you already have seen some of those refinements carry over to other MacBooks. You know, for example, Force Touch is now you know, a, a standard feature of, uh, of Apple's laptops for all intents and purposes. Um, that was something that was initially rolled out on the MacBook. Uh, the flatter uh, keyboard design has already been implemented in Apple's new uh, wireless keyboard, uh, which was released when uh, the iMacs were refreshed this fall. Now, I'll um, tell you some personal opinions about the new keyboard design. I haven't used a MacBook. I've used the Magic Keyboard. I like it better than the original Bluetooth wireless keyboard. For some reason, I type more flexibly. It seems to me that compared to that keyboard, the original seems to be stiffer. Have you noticed that? With the new Magic Keyboard? With the, compared to the old one. The old one seemed a little stiffer. This one seems more fluid, at least to me, which doesn't mean it would to you. I think that, um, the, the, well... The, um, the, 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 the key throw distance on the new Magic Keyboard is uh, considerably less than the key throw on the uh, Apple Wireless Keyboard. Yes. So um, it, 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 it has a crisper tactile feel to it uh, than the older one does. I liken it to um, using the older keyboard or after you've used the keyboard on the MacBook for a while or after you've used the new keyboard, the new wireless keyboard uh, for a little while, um, and then you go back to an older keyboard, it's like stepping on the uneven planks of uh, like the warped deck planks of an old boat. I won't get any older if I don't do this break. We have Peter Cohen for one more segment on the Tech Night How Live. family to yours. Have a very Merry Christmas. We are the Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. 
If survivalist housing has been in your plans, get ready. We're bringing our Timberline Range Camps to you February 6th through 14th. The Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Get an up-close look at some of our most popular Timberline models or visit survivalistcamps.com to pre-order a camp. We'll bring it to the show and save you the cost of shipping. It's the perfect time to get that camp you've wanted. Go to survivalistcamps.com, then plan on joining us at the Great American Outdoor Show in February in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. All right, so let's look at this here. The Magic Keyboard, based on what you tell me, is something that you probably like better too, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. For a whole bunch of reasons. Okay. Now I'll tell you that I still prefer my Matthias Quiet Pro to all those keyboards, but for travel and remember that the wireless keyboard, the Bluetooth keyboard, the feel was very much like Apple's notebooks, except for the MacBook, the magic keyboard, they've made more similar in field to the MacBook. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, I think so, too. They've also made the new uh, keyboard, uh, mouse, and uh, trackpad charge using a lightning cable, which makes all the difference to me, because up until now, you've had to replace AA batteries inside Apple's uh, wireless um, uh, peripherals, which is just stupid. 
Um, this it uses, you know, a standard cable that we've already got, you know, if we've got an iPhone or an iPad of the modern age. The, the, the batteries charge quickly and they stay charged for weeks. I like it too. I think the Magic Mouse too. Some people complain because the lightning connector is underneath and you got to turn it upside down to charge it. On the other hand, you don't do it very often. And two, maybe that's the only way they can put it because of the constraints of the design. That's all they could do. Possibly, yeah. You know, I don't know about that. Otherwise, I don't see that the Magic Mouse 2 feels any different from the original Magic Mouse. The Magic Trackpad, I was not enamored with, but that's a longer story and we're into our last segment. So that's where we go. All right, Apple Watch, what was your impression? I love it. I wear mine every day. And sometimes if I go, if I leave the house I, and realize I'm not wearing my Apple Watch, I go back home and get it. As long as you're not 50 miles away. As long as I'm not 50 miles away. Uh, yeah. You, you know, I think the, the longest I've ever driven has been about three miles round trip. You know, when I get out of my driveway, get up the street, and then I'm like, oh, no, I forgot my Apple Watch. I got to go back home and get it. It has become an addiction, but it is my little buddy. You know, it ta- tells me when to take pills. It tells me uh, when I need to stand up. It reminds me of things that I need to do. It gives me important messages. It is one of the most transformative devices I have ever used. This is the Apple Watch. Next year, though, we assume there's going to be version 2.0. What should Apple do? Oh, I would expect it to be thinner. I would expect it to be faster. I would expect the screen to be better. Um, I would also expect it to have new magic functionality that this thing doesn't. Uh, I would expect a new generation of the haptic technology or what Apple calls the taptic engine in the watch um, to, to provide more context-specific uh, tactile feedback when you're tapping uh, tapping things uh, and so on. Um, uh, hopefully broader developer support in the new year with more functionality in watchOS 3, which I'm sure will be announced at WWDC um, uh, next, uh, next June. And we'll take it from there and see where it goes. How long do you think it'll take before Apple can untether the Apple Watch from the need to pair with an iPhone? Work by itself, provide even telephone functions, or does Apple go there? Apple could go there eventually, but I don't see what the rush is. You know, the bottom line is the Apple Watch is a Halo product for the iPhone. Um, and it's an incentive for people to buy the iPhone so they can buy into the rest of the ecosystem. Apple Watch is still very much a niche product. Apple is selling a lot of them, but Apple is not the biggest wearables uh, provider out there. Fitbit is consistently outselling Apple, and, and that's fine. You know, Apple needs competition, and so does Fitbit, for that matter. So, you know, we'll see where this market ends up eventually. Uh, But I think, you know, if you're in the market for a wearable that's got a lot more functionality than just a fitness device, um, and you're already bought into the iOS ecosystem with an increasing number of devices now that support the Apple Watch, um, you're you're crazy not to consider it. You know, it's a wonderful device, and it's it's really made my life uh, a lot easier. Apple Watch. I still have a $12.88 Walmart watch. I've had that for nine or 10 months and I'm hanging on to it. Yeah, I mean, respect. I wasn't wearing a watch until I got an Apple Watch. You know, I hadn't worn a watch in probably a decade. So this turned everything around for you? It sure did. Apple Watch. Apple Watch. Using Apple Pay much? Uh, Wherever I can. 
my favorite place to use uh, Apple Pay is at a local um, uh, uh, chain here in New England called Cumberland Farms. They sell you gas, and they also um, have you know the the mini marts inside that you know you can get coffee and uh, candy and junk. Uh, at but um, they support Apple Pay, so I use it there quite frequently because I'm always in there to get myself a cup of coffee, um, and uh, that's probably my favorite place to use it. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's when I'm in Panera or you know, occasionally when I'm when I'm um, hobnobbing with the one percent at Whole Foods, you know, the Apple Pay comes in comes in real handy. Um, it's not as ubiquitous as I would like it, though. I still want it at my grocery store and the drugstore that I use the most frequently, neither of which take uh, Apple Pay. Walgreens does in terms of chain drugstores. I used it the other day to buy some paper for the printer, and it seems to be faster than it used to be. It used to be you'd use your Apple Pay feature, you'd bring your iPhone to the to the point-of-sale terminal, and you then have to tap on the point of sale different answers to questions. This time it just goes right through. Almost instantaneous. I was really amazed they've improved the software tremendously. Of course, that's not Apple's fault. That's up to the vendor and the point of sale people. Plus, I've seen now where more and more smaller businesses can get terminals that support Apple Pay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, Apple Pay. Uh, Apple Pay is 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 becoming more and more uh, 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 ubiquitous, not by any intent of Apple to spread Apple Pay devices, but just because the technology that Apple Pay uh, uses is scalable for other things. You know, I uh, I work at a retail place that sells Apple products, not an Apple store, but uh, an Apple authorized store, and we have terminals, uh, pay terminals there that support Apple Pay uh, because they support NFC. Uh, my the, where my wife works. It's a, coffee, a local coffee roaster. They set up a uh, uh, a very popular point of sale system called Clover, which uses an NFC terminal that also works with Apple Pay. So you can you know buy your coffee by the pound using your 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 Apple Watch or your iPhone six there as well. So you know it's it's a technology that's that's making its way out into the world in really interesting ways. And I think the lower the the uh, discomfort threshold for 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 vendors to accept it, uh, the better. Where we're seeing the most resistance to Apple Pay is vendors who are so big that they want to be able to control that transaction for themselves, like Walmart, you know. But having said that, it's it's cool technology and it certainly makes life easy. And you know, the other system that was highly touted, currency. I don't even think that's debuted yet. After all this time. Peter Cohen, please tell our listeners where they can find more of what you do. I am on the internet at uh, Twitter. It's my favorite social network. You can find me there at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H. I also have my own website at peter-cohen.com. I write for Macworld, Mac Format. Uh, I've written for iMore and The Loop in the past. Uh, so just keep an eye out uh, for me anywhere uh, you can. And there I am. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. You can also find me on Facebook, look for Gene Steinberg. If he just happens to have a plaid shirt, a red plaid shirt, well, more than likely, he's me. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at Paracast.com. This week featuring Mike Cleland with a new book called The Messengers about owls and synchronicity and stuff like that. We also have... 
the Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot Our main product is the ad-free version of this show. We kill 41 minutes of network ads. We'll give you a somewhat better audio quality, too. In the bargain, the Tech Night Owl Minute will be more ubiquitous in 2016. We kind of have the kinks out now. To learn more about it, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We have easy sign-up instructions, low rates for month-to-month, a year, five years, and the rest of your life or my life or somebody's life. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. Always a pleasure. Let's hope that 2016 is better. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.